Hello again, everyone. Welcome into Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. Benvindos, bienvenidos, benvenute, and bienvenu. We're going to talk about Ojogo Bonito, the beautiful game. We always do every week. Glad to have you tuned in. Well, let's talk Champions League. Once again, coronavirus has moved the Champions League. They're not going to play it in Turkey like they had hoped to. Uh, Istanbul, beautiful stadium, all set, ready to go, and the uh, coronavirus reared its ugly head, so they had to go to a lockdown in Turkey, and so they're not going to allow anybody in to see the game. So, once again, the Portuguese have stepped up to host the game. Muito obrigado a la gente portuguesa. They, uh, they are doing a great job. Of course, last year they moved the game to Lisbon. This year it's going to be played at Estadio G. Jargal, which is up there in Porto, and a beautiful stadium up there on the coast. Uh, just gorgeous place. So they're going to move that to Porto. As far as fans in the stadium, they're talking about maybe having six to 7,000. That would be uh, about, what, 15%. So it's going to be on the, uh, May 29th. Circle that date on your calendar. It will be a very good game. Chelsea against Man City. You've got uh, Thomas Tuchel going up against Pep Guardiola. Uh, a couple of coaches who are really excellent and have different styles of coaching. Uh, Tuchel, since he has come to Chelsea, uh, had this team playing uh, at a very superior level. One of the reasons was defense. Uh, if you watch Chelsea play after Tuchel took over, you'll notice that the defense really clamped down and uh, Christian Pulisic was put in more of a roving uh, center midfielder than an attacking center midfielder. He still got his goals, but uh, he also uh, was put back on so to help on defense as well. And so uh, along with uh, uh, Thiago Silva from Brazil back there on the back line, uh, Chelsea really clamped down on the defense. You'll notice that their goals against average when Tuchel took over went straight down. And uh, it was one of the reasons why uh, Chelsea played so well. So Chelsea's going to play up Man City. Of course, Man City is a machine. They uh, ran through everybody this year. Pep Guardiola has got this team playing uh, within itself, very confident. Uh, a lot of good players on there. Of course, De Bruyne and uh, De Bruyne is Kevin De Bruyne is, is what can you say? I mean, he's number one team in the world in Belgium, and um, he has helped this uh, team tremendously. So Chelsea, Man City on the 29th of May. It will be in Porto, Portugal. And it will be on CBS uh, Sports Network. It will be a game to watch. It will be a good one indeed. Now, the Europa League is still on for Gdansk, Poland. Apparently, things in Poland are under control. And the Europa League game will be on the 26th, which will be the Wednesday before the Champions League game. Uh, that will be still in Gdansk, Poland. Villarreal against Man U. It's uh, Unai Emery going up against uh, Oleg Olgunner. And uh, these are, again, a couple of coaches who really uh, have different styles but have got their teams playing really confidently. Uh, Man U's got so much talent, and uh, Villarreal has got uh, a young, hungry group out there on the pitch. And uh, I just, I'm just wondering about how Villarreal's back line is going to be able to handle like Bruno Fernandez and that group uh, up front. So uh, it's going to be a tough uh, test, I think, for Villarreal, but I think uh, – Man U is going to also uh, have some problems with Villarreal's front line, which is very fast and very creative, especially on the counterattack. Uh, that game will be on May the 26th, as I said. Uh, both games are going to kick off, by the way, at 9 o'clock local time at night, uh, 9 o'clock in Porto and 9 o'clock in Gdansk, Poland. Uh, you know, as, as you know, in Europe, they do things a lot later than we're used to accustomed to in the United States. So uh, be interesting to see how this all turns out. 
Now, um, the referee has already been chosen for the Europa League game, and it's going to be Clement Torpin from France. I've seen him referee a couple of games. He seems like a very, very good referee, uh, knows how to keep a game under control. I don't anticipate a lot of dirty stuff going on against Villa, well, with Villarreal and Man U, but uh, I think Mr. Turpin will be able to keep control of the game and make it a pleasurable game to watch. Of course, when you watch a game like this at this level, you want to see the two teams battle hard, but you don't want to see them try to take out each other and hurt each other. Um, this is, happens in so many games, and uh, Mr. Turpin is a very competent referee, so that should be all right. Uh, they have not named the referee yet for the Champions League game, so we'll see where that goes. Very good. Have you heard about this guy, Daryl DK, from the United States? You haven't? Oh, my goodness. Okay, Daryl DK is from Oklahoma. Uh, he came out of college, uh, really uh, good prospect for uh, for football, and went to play at Orlando City, you know, with uh, Kaká from uh, Brazil uh, down there owning that team. And uh, apparently the pandemic hit, so he didn't get a whole lot of playing time. So they shipped him off to Barnsley, which uh, is in the champions uh, division there in the uh, in England. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with English football, you've got the EPL, which is the English Premier League, which is the number one top group. Then underneath that is the Champions League uh, or Champions Division, you might say, which is like almost like a Division Two. Uh, but then you've got Division One underneath that. So. Uh, Daryl DK right now is, is in the uh, champions uh, division, and he is helping Barnsley tremendously. As a matter of fact, Barnsley has come up in the standings about five or six places thanks to the uh, play of Daryl DK, and uh, he is uh, the fans just love him there in Barnsley, and uh, he is taking this team apparently on his shoulders and is really showing what he is made of. Uh, Barnsley right now is playing to. Uh, stay in, or I, I guess I would be uh, try to get into the Premier League uh, at this point. Uh, again, it's just a, a, a astounding development with this guy. And uh, again, Americans are making their mark there in Europe uh, on, the, on the soccer pitch. So um, keep an eye out for Daryl DK. He will probably be on the national team when the uh, uh, U.S. national team ramps up. It's uh, playing with the uh, Gold Cup and all that coming up here in a month or so. All right, now uh, let's talk about some other players around Europe. Uh, David Luiz uh, will not be coming back to Arsenal after this uh, season is over. He's currently recovering from a hamstring injury. Uh, David's about 35 years old. Of course, we all know David Luiz with the curly hair and uh, the defender for uh, Brazil. Guy is just an amazing footballer. Uh, don't know where he'll end up. Don't know where he's going to go uh, at this point to see if he stays in Europe. But uh, you know that the Brazilian national team is looking seriously to hopefully have him 100% healthy by the time Qatar 2022 rolls around. Uh, speaking of fellow Brazilians, Neymar is going to stay at PSG through 2025. Uh, there was rumors going around that Neymar was headed to back to Barcelona or headed to Real Madrid or you know headed all over Europe, as a matter of fact. But uh, no, he's going to be at uh, PSG through 2025. So uh, I know the Parisian... Uh, people are happy about that because Neymar is an integral part of that offense. Okay, Robert Lewandowski. You all know that name, correct? Right. You think of soccer in Poland, you think of Robert Lewandowski, big star for uh, Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. He has tied the single-season record with 40 goals in Bundesliga. Can you imagine that, 40 goals in a season? My goodness. Uh, this man is amazing, and when the uh, World Cup comes around, and I know Poland will definitely be there, uh, Lewandowski is going to be right there, and this will probably be his last um, 
tournament uh, as far as World Cup is concerned because he's in his uh, mid to upper 30s. So uh, 40 goals for Lewandowski in the Bundesliga. Congratulations to him. We'll see if in the last week of the season he can break that record. Okay, FA Cup result from England. Uh, Leicester City defeated Chelsea 1-0. Of course, the FA Cup in England is like like you would call the Super Bowl here in the United States for American football. Uh, there's a lot of pageantry, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, you know, it's just, it's just a real big deal. And so you got Leicester City and Chelsea playing. Chelsea again, right? Uh, Thomas Tuchel, right? Okay. But uh, they couldn't do it against Leicester City. Now, let's talk about Leicester City for a second and Brendan Rodgers. What a job this guy has done since he came from Scotland to take over Leicester City and lead the Foxes. They held third place in EPL probably most of the season and uh, never wavered, uh, played steady football. They play confident football. And when Brendan Rodgers is at the helm, you can bet that everything's going to be done with precision. Um, it was Yari Tielemans, the uh, young Belgian midfielder. This is why Belgium is number one in the world, folks. Belgium, yes, is number one soccer team in the world right now. And the reason is because of guys like De Bruyne, because of Lukaku, who plays at Inter Milan, and because of Yari Tielemann, who is a midfielder for Leicester City. Uh, great goal, uh, 63rd minute. He was where he was supposed to be, and he nailed it home. So uh, Pulisic uh, played for uh, Chelsea. Uh, in the 68th minute, he came in, uh, was not able to do much. He didn't have some good touches. Uh, but, again, the uh, Leicester City defense was just too much. That back line was real solid and uh, kept Chelsea shut out. So Leicester City wins the FA Cup, first time in 137 years. Leicester City has won the FA Cup in England. Uh, quite a quite a feat indeed. And Brendan Rodgers should be very uh, should, should be well congratulated because he did a great job with that team. So moving on now to other uh, news around soccer world. Uh, Ibrahimovic, Zlatan Ibrahimovic will be out of the upcoming Euros. He's got a knee injury. Of course, uh, he hasn't seen action for a while with AC Milan. Knee injury occurred a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I know that the, the Swedish team is probably hoping that he can uh, skip the Euros. That's fine, but let's get ready for, uh, uh, for the uh, World Cup in uh, Qatar in 2022. Uh, Ibrahimovic is a very important part of the Swedish national team. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's the go-to guy, but unfortunately, sometimes it seems like when Sweden's got the ball, they don't get the ball to him enough. So um, hopefully the coach is going to address that and make Sweden a very competitive uh, team in the World Cup. Uh, Ibrahimovic out of the upcoming Euros for Sweden. Uh, did you hear about Josie Mourinho? Yeah, he was at Tottenham Hotspur, and they had you know kind of an off-season, finished, what, seventh or so in the EPL. Well, he was let go a couple of weeks ago. And I kind of thought to myself at the time it happened, well, I don't think Josie's going to be unemployed very long. Well, he was unemployed for a grand total of about one week. Okay. And then after one week, uh, guess who uh, up and signed him? Yeah, a very storied team, very storied franchise, Roma FC. Has got Josie Mourinho under contract for next year. And so we'll see if Roma can make a competition out of it. I can tell you right now, the fans in Roma are not very happy after the season they've had. Number one, because, well, they didn't finish in first or fifth place because uh, that would be uh, either Champions League or Europa League. Roma finished behind Lazio. Yeah, that's their crosstown, crosstown rival, nemesis, whatever you want to call them. Uh, when Lazio finishes ahead of Roma, to trust me, to the Roma fans, that's an insult. Okay, and so they were not going to put up with that. So the coach was you know, told before the end of the season, you know, you're gone at the end of the year. You're not we're not renewing your contract. Josie Mourinho was hired. And I tell you, uh, when Josie comes in, things are going to start happening. 
Uh, look for Roma to be in the top five definitely next year in the Serie A. All right, EPL Sunday action, kind of an interesting game here. Uh, Liverpool was uh, playing Barn, uh, was playing West Brom United. Uh, they were tied in injury time, uh, coming down to the end. Uh, and you know, Liverpool, you know, tied with a team called uh, West Brom. I mean, this is this is a mismatch here. And uh, West Brom was playing their hearts out and uh, doing everything they can to tie Liverpool, which would have been a major victory for them. So, uh, you know, when you know it, uh, West or Liverpool gets a corner kick right towards the end of injury time. We're talking about the 95th minute, okay? And here comes Allison, the Brazilian goalkeeper for Liverpool, up to get into the mix to try and get the ball in the goal. And sure enough, he's at the near post. Corner kick gets whipped in. Allison goes up in the air, heads it to the far post, and it catches the net. Liverpool wins 2-1. to one. An amazing victory for Liverpool and a very emotional victory for Liverpool. Uh, I've never seen Jurgen Klopp cry, but he was on the verge of it uh, at the end of the game when he was hugging Allison after that goal. All right, the EPL Golden Boot race is uh, is very, very tight right now. Uh, two guys that are competing for it at the top, well, it shouldn't be a surprise, Harry Kane and Mo Salah. Um, you know, they're, they're both uh, excellent goal scorers. Both are at 22 right now in the EPL. One more week to go. We'll see who uh, ekes it out in the last week there in the EPL for the Golden Boot there in England. All right, let's look at playoffs going on around the around the world. Uh, in Mexico, the finals uh, playoffs are uh, progressing. Uh, what we've got here, Cruz Azul has uh, advanced. Now, Cruz Azul, you remember, won uh, this clausura. And uh, they were doing very well. They uh, they are at the top, and they had the most points. They have ousted Toluca. Puebla was put up against Atlas, and Puebla has uh, shown Atlas the door. Monterrey and Santos got together. Now, understand that if you know anything about Mexican soccer, Monterrey, Rayados, and Santos are arch rivals. The reason is they're in um, neighboring states. Uh, Santos is in Torreon, which is a biggest city of Coahuila, and then just to the east of that is Nuevo León, and Monterrey is the capital of that state. So uh, Rayados and Monterrey, or Rayados and Santos went at it, and Santos uh, bested Monterrey in that home-and-home -home series. In the other series, and here's a kind of a shocker, Pachuca had gone out in front of America 3-1 to one at Pachuca, but then America got them in the Estadio Azteca. Now, folks, there are a lot of rumors, a lot of tales, a lot of stories going around about Estadio Azteca. There have been lots of teams that have said, you know, you go into Estadio Azteca and it's just something happens while you're there if you're the visiting team, okay? And if anybody has seen the exterior of the stadium, it's an amazing place. Uh, it's built like a like an Aztec cauldron, okay? So when you go in there, you're kind of feeling a little bit maybe a little nervous. Uh, and let me tell you, if you got... 97,000 people or 100,000 people in there uh, cheering for the other team, uh, you, even felt, you feel even more nervous, okay? So uh, Pachuca comes to uh, Estadio Azteca. I don't know if there were any people in the stadium, if they allowed people in. Um, it doesn't matter. When you're in that stadium, it's just an odd feeling. And America won that game 4-2 to two and was able to win the series. So America will be moving on. So America is going to play – Puebla. Now, that's another interesting rivalry right there because the state of Puebla is just to the northeast of Mexico City. 
Okay, so this is a rivalry here. America's going to play Puebla in a home and home series, and then you've also, and then in the other semifinal game, you're going to have Cruz Azul playing Santos, which is Mexico City against Northern Mexico. In this case, Coahuila. So we will see how this all works out. Cruz Azul is a very good team. Santos needs to bring their A game. I have all the confidence in the world in Coach Almeida of the uh, Santos team. Uh, this guy's a genius. Uh, he knows how to move the personnel. He knows how to motivate them. So we will see how this all works out. Uh, it would be interesting if we had an America Cruz Azul final because that would be right there in Mexico City with both teams. And they could divide the city in half. Mm, that would be a, well, anyway, you can imagine what that would be like, right? So anyway, uh, so we've got Cruz Azul going to play Santos, and we've got America is going to play um, America is going to play Puebla. So that's the way the Mexican playoffs are shaping up at this point. Okay, moving on to the EPL, we've got one more week to go in the English Premier League uh, league competition going on. Uh, Liverpool is currently in fifth place at 63 points with West Ham right behind them at 59 and Everton at 59. Now, they're all going for this last spot, which is Europa League, fifth place. And if David Moyes can get West Ham going, uh, they may be able to try and steal it from Jurgen Klopp. I don't know if Jurgen Klopp, how he feels about going to Europa League after winning the EPL the year before, but he may just have to take it. So we'll just see where it all ends up. Everton, don't count them out. Uh, that's a very good team, and uh, they could rise up and take it from both of them. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Leeds United. They will end up in the EPL in 10th place. You're in the top 10 in one of the top premier leagues in the world. That's a great move because Leeds United does not have a great big payroll to work with. Relegation teams in the EPL, unfortunately, are going to be Fulham for a number for the next, you know, for another time in the next uh, years that they've been there. Uh, West Brom's going to be relegated, and it looks like Sheffield United will also go down. Norwich City and Walford look like they're maybe on their way up. And uh, the playoff for that third spot, for that third team to come up into the EPL, is between Brentford, Swansea City, Barnsley. Uh, where did I mention that name, right? Barnsley, okay, yeah, with uh, DK from the United States, and Burnmouth. Those are the form teams that are going to be playing for that third uh, position to come up into the EPL. We'll see how it all shakes out. All right, let's go down south, and let's go to the French League, Ligue 1. Uh, last week coming up for Ligue 1, we've got Lille. Uh, it's currently at leading 80 points, but right behind them, PSG. Do not count PSG out. You know, you've seen them. They've got the personnel. They've got Mbappe. They've got Neymar. They've got Marquinhos. This is a team filled with superstars, but as we have seen before, they have a play – a problem of playing as a team. So they're going to need to come together and get the final push in order to take first place. But let me tell you what, Lille is not to be pushed around. Lille is a good team. This is a strong team. And it'd be really amazing if they can steal that title from PSG. Monaco is still not out of it. They're only three points out at 77 points. And Lyon has got an outside chance if some things happen. Lyon is in fourth place at 76 points, which is the Europa League spot in Ligue 1. Okay, Lille has got Angers coming up this week. PSG has got Brest, which is not a really strong test, but PSG is going to be on the road, as will be Lille. will be at Angers. Monaco is going to be on the road at Lens, okay? So Monaco is going to have to play good, too. Lyon is going to be on the road. They're going to be at Nice. Now, <clears throat> To kind of inject maybe a little bit of humor here, 
Uh, Lyon going to Nice. The only problem I see with going on the road to play at Nice is the distraction. Uh, in other words, that is a beautiful place to play. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, tenth place for uh, Ligue 1 has going to Metz. That's Frederic Antonetti, who's done a great job with that uh, team. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Metz is in western France, just south of the border with Luxembourg. Okay, Bundesliga action. Bayern Munich at 75 points, RB Leipzig at 65, and Dortmund at 61. Uh, Bayern has got Augsburg at home this coming week. RB Leipzig is on the road at Union Berlin. So um, some things are going to have to happen, but it looks like Bayern Munich, if they can get a tie or a win on the road, uh, they should be able to take that Bundesliga title. In La Liga, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid still neck and neck uh, down there in Spain. Uh, Atletico Madrid's at 83 points. Real Madrid's at 81. <laughs> Atletico Madrid at Valladolid this weekend, and Real Madrid will be entertaining Villarreal at the Bernabeu. That will be a good game for sure. Uh, Sevilla is still in the in the hunt there. They're in fourth place. Uh, they're at, uh, they have Alaves at home this coming week. Serie A, well, we all know about Inter Milan. They won their uh, title. Uh, Atalanta is at 78 points. Uh, Gian Gasparini has done a great job with Atalanta this year. This team has been right up in the top five for most of the season. Napoli right behind uh, under Gattuso has done a great job. Um, and then uh, Napoli at 76. Um, AC Milan at 76 as well. Now, that some people may be a little bit uh, upset about AC Milan, uh, you know, falling down a little bit. Of course, anytime you get two uh, big teams like Inter Milan and AC Milan in the same city and they're not uh, they're not winning, uh, the fans are going to get a little out of hand, okay? So um, that's the way the uh, Serie A looks. Let's look at MLS real quick. Uh, over there in the east, we got New England with 11 points, Orlando with 9, NYCFC with 8. Orlando has no losses at this point, neither does Nashville. Uh, these two teams have not lost in the East so far in MLS. And in the West, we've got Seattle with no losses, 13 points, LA Galaxy at 12, and Sporting KC at 10. And uh, things are getting uh, really uh, ramped up in the, uh, in the MLS. That's going to do it for, um, for uh, kicks and dribbles. And before we go, we want to tell you about a couple of things coming up on TV this week. Uh, the French Cup final is on Wednesday at 3.15 p.m. Eastern time on BN Sport. That's the Coupe de France, and that's Monaco PSG. Great matchup. And then in the Copa Italia at 3 o'clock on Wednesday, that's going to be on ESPN2. Atalanta is going to play Juventus. Thursday, 8 o'clock, Boca Juniors against uh, Guayaquil's Barcelona. That's going to 8 o'clock Eastern time on BN Sport. That is the uh, Copa Sudamerica. So that's a look at what's coming up on TV. Some great soccer coming up this week. And then, of course, coming up here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have all kinds of tournaments starting with the uh, – with the Gold Cup, and then the Euros start June 11th. And uh, a lot of people are looking forward to that because hopefully we can get some fans back in the stadiums. Very good. That's going to do it for Kicks and Dribbles. Thank you so much for tuning in. Muito gracias, merci beaucoup, muito obrigado, and muchas gracias. Lauren McClay is the executive producer of Kicks and Dribbles. John Dang handles our sound. D.C. McClay is in the ideas department. I'm Dan McClay. We will talk to you next week. And in the meantime, please don't let your life have too many yellow cards.